1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and we're leading up to Easter Sunday, and we're talking about faith in the power of God. Faith in the power of God. And we'll see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that Paul's addressing the church at Corinth. And of course, the church at Corinth was kind of like the Las Vegas of that day. And so he's coming to them very uh, cautious or very carefully with the anointing of God upon his life. Because he knows who he was speaking to. In verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 2, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, not with, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Now, the Apostle Paul was educated, but he was not depending on his education. In verse 2, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ in him crucified. In other words, Paul is saying, all that I have on my mind is on him. Paul wanted a greater knowledge of Jesus. He said, my determined purpose in my life is not to have a big ministry or not to be well known. But my determined purpose in life is that I may know him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And as a result of knowing the power of his resurrection and the wonders of his person, he's going to bring me up from among death-filled situations. And so just like the Apostle Paul, I believe that I'm looking at a congregation today that wants to know Jesus more and more. Amen? And in verse 3, he says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, Paul knew that in the flesh he wasn't enough. How many of you know that in the flesh you are just not enough? Amen. Corinth was infested with idol worship. And the Apostle Paul said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In other words, his fear was not of them, but his fear was reverential fear of the Lord. And he said in verse 4, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Paul's literally saying, I'm not counting on me to flesh out. I'm counting on him to show up and to demonstrate. Because in verse 5, here was his goal. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should be in the power of God. He did not want them to leave all impressed with him and how smart he was. And that is our desire. We are not here to point to man. We are here to point to Jesus. We want to be impressed with the one who gave his life for us. If you want to know a little bit more about the great exchange that took place on Calvary, on Wednesday night, I'm going to be preaching a message on the cross. And if I can talk people into having communion ready, we will be having communion Wednesday night. So Wednesday night will kind of be like our Good Friday. But how many of you know that many people in the religious world can have a form of godliness, but they are in absolute denial of the power of God? And it tells us not to hook with folks like that. It tells us from such we are to turn away. I don't want Heart of the Bay to be a church that is known for denying the power of God. 
I want Heart of the Bay to be known as a church where we corporately exercise faith in his power and activate it together and the demonstrations and the manifestations of the Spirit prevail in our midst. I'm not interested in being heady. I'm not interested in being intellectual. But I want us to hunger uh, for the powers of the world to come. Did you know that you can taste of the powers of the world to come? Paul said, you know, the gospel is not in word only. But this gospel is also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to look at some scriptures today with me. I'm going to talk to you this morning about some things that will change your life if you will get revelation of it. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light, that our spirits would be challenged, our spirits would be strengthened. Help us to see, Lord, what we have not seen. Help us to know so that we may get in the Holy Spirit flow. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Now look at Romans 1, verse 16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God. We're talking about what? Faith in the power of God. And it is unto salvation to everyone that believes. So this good news, this gospel, this power that is literally contained in the word of God is for anyone and everyone that will simply believe. Oh, hallelujah. And so he's saying here, this gospel of salvation, this gospel of deliverance, this gospel of preservation, healing, soundness, peace and prosperity is for you and it is for me. There is power in God's word. Hebrews says it like this, that the word of God is alive and the word of God is filled with power. Now, I've discovered this, that in God's word, there is upholding power. God's word will uphold you. God's word will uphold me. Do we need to be upheld? Are you thankful that there is upholding power in the good news? I want you to look at scriptures today. I don't want to be in a big hurry. Sometimes, you know, I'll get up here and and preach. Today's more of a teaching and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power type service. But I want you to notice in Romans 1 and verse 16. Romans are actually Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 is what I meant to say. It says, who being the brightness of his glory, this is speaking of Jesus, and the express image of his person, speaking of the Father, and he is upholding all things by the word of his power. That's what I want you to pay attention to. Now, the amplified version, you don't need to bring it up. It says this, that he is upholding and maintaining and he is propelling all things, the entire physical, and spiritual universe by his powerful word. He's upholding me right now. He upheld you today when you woke up. He's upholding you right now as you take your, everyone take your next breath. He was holding you in his arms when you slept last night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is upholding power 
available to you. Now, I saw something recently as I was meditating along the words of uphold. The definition of uphold means to confirm, to support, to maintain, to sustain, to continue, to preserve, to protect, and to defend. It also means not only to support or defend as against opposition or criticism. Who is the opposer of the brethren? Who is the accuser of the brethren? Who comes along to question you? Who comes along to accuse you? If you were really healed, you wouldn't have that pain in your body, would you? Or if you were really saved, you would not have done what you did on the freeway this week. He is not only the accuser and the abuser, but he is also the biggest loser of all time. We're not talking about him losing weight. He is a loser. Now, I'll tell you why. Because this word uphold means to confirm. It means to support something that has been questioned. So God's word upholds, defends, preserves, protects, confirms, supports you over all the questions, criticisms, accusations of the devil. Oh, glory to God. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? I saved this last definition for this time right now. The word uphold. It means to defend Or maintain a principle or law to state that a decision has already been made. (laughs) In the high courts of heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all merely made a decision where you're concerned. The covenant has already been sealed and set in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. If it is settled in heaven, it is going to be upheld here on earth because you are in covenant with a covenant-keeping God. Oh, hallelujah. So, Back to the teaching part. Our part is to authoritatively state a decision, a covenant that has already been upheld by the head of the church. So he comes along with his lies. You ought to get a little bit sassy. Oh, get ready. The lies are coming. He walks about as a roaring lion. And when he roars, he spews out the lies and the accusations straight from the pit of hell. Oh, yeah, it's coming. But here's our attitude. Oh, yeah? Is that right? Huh? You want some of this? I got news for you, Mr. Devil. It is written, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It is written, glory to God. And so 
authoritatively speak what's already been decided. Now, you make a decision here on earth to declare what has been written from your heart and out of your mouth. And it shall be established unto you. And the light of God's favor is going to shine on your ways. Oh, yeah, the light of God's favor is going to shine on my ways and your ways. It's settled in heaven, but you and I establish it here on earth. Amen? So I wanted you to see that, but more importantly, I wanted you to do that. Now, I want to look at something a little closer to home concerning faith in his power. Now, last week we talked a lot about that he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. We discussed carefully that when we get filled and endued with power from on high... The Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, and through His power upon us, we are able to do great exploits, and we are able to see great demonstrations of His glory and His power in the earth. Amen? Amen. So say it with me. The Holy Ghost is upon me. His Spirit is upon me. And there's power in His Word, and His Word is in me. Now let's keep track of this out. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. When you get there, say, I have it. And if it means looking up there, you can say, I have it. I got it. I got it. Something about the Holy Ghost. I can't explain, but I got it. I got him. Woo-hoo. I got him in my hands. I got him in my feet. I got him all over me. Oh, yeah. Somebody says, what was that all about? Well, I'm just happy. Do you have him? Well, sing it. I have him. I have him. <laughs> all right. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in yourself. No. No. That's right. Be strong where? In the Lord. Lord, And in the power, there's that word, of his might. Amplified says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength, which is boundless might... Provides. So let's bring this home. Is there power in you? Is his power just around you and upon you? Or is there in fact his power in you? Oh, glory to God. Now, notice this with me in Ephesians 3.20. Let's look at this verse as well. Ephesians, the third chapter, and the 20th verse. Now, many people believe the front end of this verse, verse, but they put a period where they shouldn't put a period. Now, notice with me, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can dare ask or think. Notice there's not a period there. 
There's a comma there. So he says, yes, amen, pastor, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. Well, surely he can because he's God. But he has chosen to do it in connection with something on the inside of you. Something that is working in you. There's a connection for what he's able to do in direct proportion according to, listen, the power that's what? You mean to say, Pastor Mark, power, that kind of power is available to me? And if it works in me, then I can tap into the exceeding abundantly above all that I can dare ask or think? That's exactly not what I'm saying. That's exactly what the Bible says. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, that's exactly what the Bible says. Woo, glory. So if it's working in us, it must be in us. How could power work in you if there was no power in you? If power is working in my life, then it must be in my spirit. Say it with me again real strong. His power, His power is, in me. is in me. That's why he said be strong in the power of His might. Now He goes nowhere without His power. Wherever he is, his power is there. And ladies and gentlemen, he is in you. Here's what I'm believing for as a senior pastor of this church. Here's what Pastor Brenda, Pastor Tom, Pastor Nancy, all of the pastoral staff are believing for and we are praying for. We are believing for our faith corporately to come way up. Faith in his power. Now, in order for that to happen, it needs to be taught. Because faith doesn't come by having heard a message a decade ago. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If He can get our faith to come up, there is nothing. There is nothing the devil can bring to us that we can't overcome. There's no financial debt too great for the power working in us. Oh, come on, somebody. But I'm not going to place all the responsibility on him. Are you listening? You see, here's a statement. More power working in us, the more beyond what we can ask or think can happen. Less power working in us, the less beyond all that we can ask or think. His power is exceeding. It's out beyond. And there's a connection to it working in you. Listen, I just want to say I love you. But stop ignoring the greater one who lives in you. Stop praying for power when all the time his power's in you. Stop looking here and looking there and looking to man for something to happen and make something happen. Know you this, that the greater one's on the inside of you. And if you will activate his power through tending to it and speaking forth faith-filled words, you will see the goodness of God show up in your life. So, can we just work with this a little while longer? 
Let's keep working on this. This is revelation knowledge. This is knowledge that once it goes into your heart, it'll not be able to be taken from you. Once the lights go on and you attend to it, says the Lord, it'll not ever go out. But you shall have his power working in you and working for you and flowing out of you every day of your life. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. So let's attend to this. Let's think about this. Let's meditate on this. Let's talk about this. Let's get real. Let's stop praying nonsensical prayers. And let's cooperate with him. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Notice in verse 6 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God. I want to say right now that God is light. Verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 4. For God who commanded the light to shine out of what? So God is light. Now get this. From within him, he spoke, let there be me. (laughs) In other words, me be, and darkness took off. (laughs) Now, understand this, that when you look at light and you look at power, they are kindred. They are Similar, They're synonymous terms, if you will. Say it with me. Light and power are kindred and synonymous terms. Now, how many of you have ever heard of solar power? Anybody have their home heated by solar power? What is solar power? Solar power is power that comes from the sun onto some panels and it heats your home. So the light and the heat of the sun bring forth power and your toast is cooked today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now listen, listen to this. This is just, I got so happy in the first service I wanted to run, but... People wanted to go home. I don't know. It says, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, listen, this is personal now. Hath shined. Woo. He lit up my heart. He lit up your life. He lit up your inner man with light and power in life. Oh, hallelujah. He's shining your heart. Why? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, if we went home just simply on what we said today, this is more than more than enough. But I want you to notice in verse 7. Do you wear your shouting clothes today? In verse (laughs) 7. But we have this treasure... We have this light. We have this power in clay pots. In earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and thank God not of us. 
several translations says his all-surpassing power has been put in clay pots. But don't you be fooled by a book's cover for one moment. I'm here to tell you that there are some amazing, something amazing has happened on the inside of every believer. Woo! Something out beyond this world came from heaven and got into your spirit. Something amazing is on the inside of your clay pot. So we do not then have to be moved by what the world might have to say about us. Because the world doesn't necessarily know that you've had a change. They hang around you long enough, they're going to see a change. But the world will reject you, but Jesus will accept you. The world will remind you of how you were. The Word of God will tell you who you are. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. They'll say, remember what we used to do, but in the kingdom of God, we don't live in used to. We live in a kingdom of now. We live in a kingdom of power and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. The world will tell you, aren't you afraid? Aren't you upset? Aren't you fearful of what's coming upon this earth? But no, now that you're in the kingdom, you know that God's not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. And so I want to encourage you to become his power inside minded in you. Place your hand right here and say, his power power is on the inside. inside. And from this day forward, forward, I'm becoming good, good father father inside minded. -minded. Not circumstances around me minded. Not worldly minded, but kingdom minded. Oh man, you feel that? You feel what's coming up in this place? Something's happening in here. Something's happening here. Power's rising up. Your faith is rising up. Some of you are ready to take down that mountain right now. Some of you are ready to take down the labels that the world has placed on you right now. You are no longer a victim. You are a victor. You are no longer a loser. You are a winner. You are no longer the sick. You are the healed. Oh, glory to God. Shandala Basaka. I was with Bishop Carl Lewis who got really saved in this church. He preaches, he pastors new, new birth up there in Pittsburgh. And the bishop and I were at a leadership round table down in Rancho Cucamonga. And man, we started preaching to one another. The bishop told me, he said in 1987, in the month of September, he came to this church and he got saved. And no one prayed for him, but at the same time he got saved, he started speaking in other tongues. God took him out of a life of crack. Now he pastors a tremendous great church in the Bay Area. And we got, we got so caught up about our covenant, we were preaching to one another. Bishop was preaching, and I, we were going like this. Hallelujah. I mean, we, whoo, glory to God. We got someone on the inside. He's working on the outside. We got so caught up that the moderator said, 
Carl and Mark, sit down. <laughs> yes, sir, we'll sit down. Praise God. We're to talk to one another about these things. We're to rehearse these things to our kids. Talk about it to your wife. Well, pastor, you know, I got a bad report. Well, here's what the good report says. Here's what the Bible. And not only that, you may have had a bad report, but we got the good report and we are hooked with you. So that bad report eventually or even immediately is going to turn into a good report. So let's look at multiple witnesses. You got time. Don't look at me like you ain't got time. You got time. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Everyone, let's, come on, let's just say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Paul says, I'm not enamored by the flesh. I'm enamored by him. Now notice he, in Galatians 2, 20, he said this, I am crucified with who? See, in the mind of God, when Jesus hung on that cross, you hung there. But then he goes on to say, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But who? Christ lives where? Christ lives in me. He does not just come to visit on holidays. He doesn't just come for holiday celebrations. He's living in you. Now, that word Christ there means anointed one. Everyone say anointed one. And then years ago when Brother Copeland was working on this revelation of Christ the anointed one, he would say it like this. He would say, Christ the anointed one and his anointing in me. Because along with the anointed one that comes in your life, there is, also that an, there is also anointing that comes into your life. So he says, well, big deal. It is a big deal. You just need to know what the anointing is. The anointing is this. It is burden. It's burden removing. Devil whooping. Yoke destroying. Cancer beaten. Oh, hallelujah. Arthritis removing. Debt reduction. It is the power of God. His anointing in you. Woo! Glory to God. And I get thrilled when I hear what God's done for others. But you know what? Our confession ought to be us too, Lord. Come on, lift your hand up and say us too. <laughs> so, the anointed one is in you. And his anointing is in me. Listen to this statement. All that he is, is in you. All that he is, is in you. Now, we take this verse of scripture in 1 John, and I'll just quote it to you. It says, as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. Not when we get to heaven. But as he is right now, so are we. Now quickly turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27. 
Now, in verse 26, it says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made known or made manifest to what? It's made manifest to St. Augustine. It's made, it's made manifest to St. Francis of Assisi. I mean, they're saints, right? So this, this mystery is for them only, right? No, this mystery are to everyone that has called on the name of the Lord and has opened their heart and received Him. You are a saint. You may be acting like and living like an ain't, but you are a saint. I don't know whether I've introduced you to him or not, but this is St. Marcus Francisco Tomas. But there's a mystery that we didn't see before. But now the mystery has been unveiled. The mystery has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27. Oh, my. I told Pastor, I told Bishop uh, uh, Carl Smith the other day, you know, somebody better hold my meal real soon because I'm about to preach. Verse 27. It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of this glory, of this revelation, of this mystery among the Gentiles. Read the rest with me. Which is Christ in you. So come on, say it again. Which is Christ in you. The hope. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The question I have for some of you today is how can you be so amazed with him and so disgusted with you? Quit focusing on the clay pot. Quit focusing on what you did yesterday. Start focusing on who you are today and that your future is bright if you'll get hold of Christ in you, the hope of glory. It'll take you from rags to riches. It'll take you from the junk heap and make you sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It'll take you out from under what you've been yielding to for years and decades and decades when you get a revelation that Christ in you, that is the hope of glory. It'll take you off drugs. It'll take you off pornography. It'll take you off self-righteousness. It'll bring you into a place of joy and peace in Him. Oh, hallelujah! Is it raining? Oh, good, I got more time. Thank you, Jesus, for the rain. Is it raining? You can't go anywhere anyhow. Plus, we haven't received the offering. Somebody shout with me, Christ in me! (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. He is the hope of glory. 
My brother Tim, when he was down at Raymond and he went to healing school, he had pancreatic cancer. When he got a hold of this revelation, his cancer left. Amen. Jim Hockaday was preaching on Christ in you, the hope of glory. And my, my brother, you know, he was, he was kind of heathenistic. And uh, we went out to Chili's and he was drinking beer. And I wasn't. But he kept, I mean, I'm telling you what, he kept talking about Christ in me. Christ in me. Christ in me. You see, he didn't have much light, but he got light that day. And I'm glad to say he's with Jesus now. He got clear for a period of time. It came back, but glory to God. I'm telling you what. No good thing will this Christ in you withhold from you if you will take the revelation and hold fast to it and focus on it and set your mind on him. Verse 28, it says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Verse 29 says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, not your flesh, which works in me mightily. One phrase out of the Amplified says it this way. This superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles within me, works mightily. Oh, hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm in him. And he's in me. And look at your neighbor and say, that makes you something. That makes you something. You're somebody. You are somebody. Because you got someone beyond this world living in you. He makes you a somebody. I'm a somebody because I've got him living in me. He's made me, oh, shalabasata. He's made me a new creation. He's made me the righteousness of God in Christ. You're somebody. Don't let anybody tell you different. If they try to talk to you and tell you that, that you know, that, that differently from that, you just say, talk to the hand, talk to the hand. And on that hand, write some scriptures. Right, devil, you are a liar. <laughs> Amen. Palm Sunday. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everyone go ha-ha for a few minutes. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Ha-ha. Woo-hoo. <laughs> my, 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 my. Every time the Giants win, they go, woo-hoo. Well, I think we're getting a revelation today, and we ought to just go, woo-hoo, hallelujah. Now, Christ in you. It says, and since Christ is in you, the body's dead because of sin. But here it is. The spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, I want you to pull Romans 8:11 up. If you read Romans chapter 8 in the first 11 verses, you will see over and over again the differentiation between the flesh and the spirit and the fact that his spirit is living in you. 
that you are no longer a clay pot. You are no longer living without him. Now notice in verse 11. Read it with me. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. He was quickened. You were quickened. And we need quickenings every day. Don't limit his quickening just from death to life or sickness to health. But he can quicken your marriage. He can quicken your mind. He can make something that was dead alive again. And the last point is this. Here's a major key. Here is a major key to you and I activating this power. Power that is not activated is no good. Just like when someone came in here and turned on the lights and activated and accessed the power through PG&E here, we have light. If it had not been activated, we'd be in darkness. And this is the problem with a lot of Christians. They have no revelation that Christ is in them. They have no understanding of the power of God that's in them. And then another problem with many Christians is they've heard it before, but they've done nothing with it. And as long as you hear the word and don't do the word, it won't do you any good. I didn't say you're going to hell. You'll end up in heaven. But you know what? The will of God for us is to have some heaven here on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't wait for the preacher to do all your praying for you. Don't wait for your wife to do all your faith-filled speaking for you. Don't wait for some hotshot evangelist to come to town. You've already got a hotshot evangelist living in you. His name is Jesus. He's not only an evangelist, but he's a prophet, pastor, teacher. Ha-ha. Healer, glory to God. Don't get me started. So here's a big step. A big step in activating this power is you acknowledge it daily. Look at Philemon's verse 6. Philemon verse 6. I want us to just feed on this a little bit. He says this, that the communication of your faith or the speaking of your faith may become effectual or powerful or divinely energized. How, pastor? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We tell people all the time, find out who you are in Christ, read the in Christ and the in him scriptures, and then begin to own it. Testify of it. Speak it. Acknowledge it in the morning. Acknowledge it at noon. Acknowledge it all day long. Testify and to confess who you are in Him. This is really what people need to know. We don't need to pray heaven down. 
and, and I don't mean this wrong if you're in counseling, because I believe in spiritual guidance, and I believe that if people need counseling, they need counseling. But in reality, you do not need 20 or 30 hours of counseling for something. What you need to do is you need to find out who is in you. And you need to find out what is in you. And begin to acknowledge him. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So here it is. I can, you can get all the help, all the strength, all the wisdom we need. Why? Because he's in us. And counsel and wisdom in your heart is like deep waters. Amen. Did you get anything out of this little sermon today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's thank him. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you today for this message. Oh, God, may it lodge deep in Pastor Mark's heart and Pastor Tom and all the staff and every leader and every person that walked through these doors today. Lord, may all week long, may they hear Christ in me, the hope of glory. His power is at work in me. I activate your power today, Lord. Who glory. I got someone on the inside. And he's a working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got the healer on the inside. And he's working on the outside. Oh, healing power is working in my body. I got the financier on the inside. He's working on the debt on the outside. Oh, what abundance is coming to me in my life. Woo, hallelujah. Here's another one for you. I got the peace of God on the inside. And he's working on all this junk that I'm facing the outside. He's working on all that turmoil, all those distractions, all this junk on the outside. He's working in me. And his peace is rising up on the inside of me. He's arising on the inside. And the enemies are scattering on the outside. Activation. And then once you've activated, sometimes it will seem like it gets worse before it gets better. Anybody ever been there? You hear a message like this and the enemy's waiting in your car. <laughs> Talk to the hand, devil. I know you don't need a door, Mr. Devil, but here's the door. Get out. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Lord's pleased. I believe we're coming up. I believe he's pleased with our faith. And so I was saying, once you've activated this power, keep it active. I said, keep it active. If someone came into that back door over there and turned the lights out, we'd have to turn it on. So set a guard or an usher in front of your switch of faith. And guard your heart with all diligence. And once you've activated the switch, keep the switch of faith turned on. 
Mm, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Put your hand over your heart. And let's make some declarations today. Declare this with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you for the revelation that you are all powerful. And that I have been clothed with power from on high. And I thank you for this revelation that I have this glorious treasure in this earthen vessel. Your power is in me. Your grace is in me. I shall focus on the fact that you are in me. As you are, so am I in this world. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you are in me. That your anointing is flowing in me. And it's flowing out of me. Now I speak to yokes. I speak to burdens. And I demand that you desist in your maneuvers against these people. I bind up every principality and every power. We put the devil on the run. We speak to mountains. Be removed in the name of Jesus. You must go. Because we as a church are in the Holy Ghost flow. Say it with me, I got someone. I got him. On the inside. He's working. On the outside.